InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. How much thought do you put into what you eat? Does your busy schedule make you grab whatever's handy? InfoTrack's Taryn McCall talks with a guest expert who has some great advice. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. Our guest today on InfoTrack is here to get you to slow down and put some thought into what goes into your body. Kristen Kirkpatrick is the Dietitian and Wellness Manager at the Cleveland Clinic Wellness Institute and the Cleveland Clinic Lifestyle 180 Program. She joins us now on InfoTrack. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Your program counsels people on how to eat healthier, but what is the first step to break people away from eating unhealthy foods? I think the first step is really getting people to be more aware of what they have in their pantry, what they have in their refrigerator, You know, with many of the food products today, there's a lot of different confusing claims. A lot of people don't truly know how to read a food label to really maximize nutrients. And so the first thing is really to ask people, hey, go back home, look in your pantry, and here are some of the ingredients. Here are some of the things I want you to look for. And then from that perspective, we kind of work backwards and then teach them why are these the things that you want to avoid in your diet? And more importantly, what do you want to add into your diet to really increase your longevity? Do we need to redefine what exactly food is? I think we definitely do because I think that when you think of food as our great-grandmothers had thought of food, it's very different than what you see today. I always like to use the example of white bread. So whole grain bread, whole wheat bread starts out with all three components of the wheat kernel. And two are stripped down. They happen to be the most two important parts. And once they're stripped down, manufacturers can then create white bread. And they enrich it back with B vitamins and things of that nature in order to make it a little bit healthier. But at the end of the day, you're still losing out on the most important components of that wheat kernel. And so really what we're talking about is processing. So the more processed a food is, the longer the shelf life will be. And usually it will be considered more of a convenience food for us, something we can grab very quickly at a gas station or a frozen meal, for example. And so when you think of the way our great-grandmothers used to eat and how we eat today, I think it would really make our great-grandmothers not very proud of what we're doing. It's fairly easy to visualize the whole grain versus white bread. A little trickier when one is shopping for meats or fish. What should a shopper be looking for? One of the things I always suggest is to try and find out as much as you can where your meat and your fish is coming from. I always like to encourage people to try and get locally produced meat. And then there's a big difference between when you're looking at grass-fed beef as opposed to beef that would be on one of the major feedlots that's getting fed corn and may have antibiotics, hormones, any of those types of things. So it is easier today. I think consumers are more wanting to have information about where their food is coming from. So there is a big movement now, a big push on more locally grown produce and locally fed animals that we can get our food from. So that's the first step. I think people need to investigate within a 25-mile radius of where they live, what farms are near me, what is around me, and can I go visit those farms? Can I figure out if the eggs that I'm eating are coming from chickens that are grazing and they're happy? And it sounds silly, but there's been a lot of connections, especially in the past two years, with foodborne illness, 
hormones and antibiotics in meat and the way that our animals are raised before slaughter and even the slaughtering practices. So information is key on this one, I think. What do you say to people who eat poorly because processed food is cheaper than fresh food or takes less time to prepare? You know, I hear that argument all the time. And yes, processed food is definitely cheap. But if you know what to look for, I do think that you can get really healthy foods. If you know how to purchase them, where to purchase them, and really get more of your bang for your buck. So a great example would be the case of beans. If you were to get dried beans or even spend a little bit more money and get canned beans, you could buy that in bulk. And if you buy that in bulk, they don't go bad anytime soon. They could probably last a year or two years. And with those beans, you have a great source of protein. You can use them for dips. You can make burgers out of them. You can make hummus with chickpeas. So there's a lot of wonderful things you can do with more cheaper produced foods. I think people just aren't aware of it. Many people, especially in urban areas, live in so-called food deserts where a lack of stores or transportation makes getting fresh food a problem. Does your program address this issue? Our program does address this issue, and I do think that remains a big problem all over the country. There's a lot of these food deserts. So I think it has a lot to do with looking at what the government can do to help with providing more funding to either get more locally grown produce in these areas or be able to help people to transport them to where they can get the food. The ideal thing is to really have people start growing food within their community so they no longer are a quote-unquote desert. What are some simple rules to use while shopping at the grocery store to ensure a more nutritious purchase? Well, one thing I always like to say is the place that usually has the healthiest foods is the area with no labels, and that's the produce section. So I always say, you know, you want to have your cart be as colorful as possible. If you've got color in your cart, it probably means that you're getting a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables, a lot of antioxidants, polyphenols, things that are going to help in the prevention of certain cancers, heart disease, etc. So that's the first step. The second step, and this really goes into label reading, is most people, when they look at a label, they look at a specific number first, okay? So you may look at calories, maybe I'm looking at carbohydrates, but we all have some number that's really important to us. Really, the better way to do it when you're at a grocery store is to look at the list of ingredients first. Because if the ingredients are not quality ingredients, there's no sense in looking at the numbers. That rule can truly change your entire grocery store shopping experience. A great example would be with trans fat. Trans fat is partially hydrogenated oil. And under the U.S. labeling laws, a manufacturer can list its product as trans-fat-free as long as it has 0.5 grams or less per serving. So it can still have partially hydrogenated oils in it. The consumer can still eat it, but the consumer thinks they're not getting trans-fat because of the labeling laws and how confusing that is. So if you don't follow that rule, if you just follow the rule of looking at the ingredients and you know that partially hydrogenated oils equals trans fats, then it doesn't really matter what claims are on the box. Is there a website our listeners can visit to get more information? Yeah, visitors can go to clevelandclinic.org. There'll be information about our Lifestyle 180 program and our other programs that we have on that website. Kristen Kirkpatrick with the Cleveland Clinic Wellness Institute and the Cleveland Clinic Lifestyle 180 program. Thank you for being with us on InfoTrack. Thanks for having me. And I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack. You're listening to InfoTrack.
the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks.